The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome one, welcome all. Show of them all. It is the NFC East mixtape presented to you through a four-way partnership from all of SB Nation's NFC East team blog podcast networks. That is Bleeding Green Nation for Philadelphia Eagles coverage, blogging the voice for Dallas Cowboys, Big Blue View for those New York football giants, and Hogs Haven for the Washington Commanders. You can listen to this show on any one of those platforms. As mentioned, you can also watch us on the Bleeding Green Nation YouTube channel or the Blog and the Boys YouTube channel. I say us. My name is RJ Ochoa from Blog and the Boys. His name is Brandon Lee Gowton from Bleeding Green Nation. You would, did you have a strobe light? Is that what that was? I wasn't really paying attention. Um, what flashlight. Is it was trying to distract you. Yeah, I can. I it can was red. That's not a flashlight. And then you know, now it's red. There's a strobe here. It's an emergency little toolkit of sorts that mm. has like a window breaker on it here, and there's a magnet on the bottom. And you got the strobe light, uh, so it's pretty cool. Oh, and there's like. Do you uh, feel confident that you could break a window if you had to, like in in that moment? This thing, yeah, absolutely. But if you, like if you had to use your elbow to do, I mean, I don't know. I don't think no, I I'm not really good at that. I'm not a, a yeah. burglar or anything for the record. Um, uh, getting over a little bit of a sickness, RJ and listeners. So bear with me, I guess, if my voice. You were down with different. the sickness. <laughs> I was actually listening to that yesterday. That's very <laughs> funny um, because somehow that came. I think as I was talking about me being sick to one of my friends and then I, that song got in my head. Uh, but yeah, so getting over that. I don't think it's related. The Cowboys to... used to run out to that song. I don't know if you. I'm being serious. The Cowboys oh, used man. to run out of the tunnel to that song. And so did every like high school football team. Like when um, we were in no, high school, no, probably nobody's ever run out to that song or uh, warmed up to Eminem's "Till I Collapse." Those are things Till that I are very was a big like ha- having played high school basketball. That was big. Uh, this is why I'm hot by Mims. Very yeah. big. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, what's that one? Uh, Let it rock. That was really big. In yeah. 2010. Yeah. So there you go um wow so you're feeling better uh it seems um it's opening week for professional baseball um <laughs> houston astros reigning world series champions i'm here representing the philadelphia phillies uh in the world series jt real muto got thrown out of a spring training game for breaking the most egregious law in the history of the world apparently um hmm. embarrassing an umpire um it's that, almost you know, you like loved- <laughs> the officials feel a need to insert themselves necess- unnecessarily 
that was really, really, really like all time dumb. You know what I mean? Like th there are some things that like belong in the dumb hall of fame. Like that's uh, definitely one of them. Um, I wanted There's to ask a bigger you problem before. there and it's people I right. think are just not equipped to like in general, not even specific people, obviously some more than others are just not equipped to handle positions of power and like authority. There's not like it goes to their heads and then it's all done from there. I agree. So um, I wanted to ask you something before we got started on the football talk. We have obviously a lot to get to with regards to every single team in the NFC. It's going to kind of be a big Washington Commanders episode. That doesn't happen mm. a lot unless Rick Devins is around here, um, which we talked about last week. By the way, congratulations to you um, and shout out to your parents who helped uh, kind of connect the dots and made us realize it was 2021 when Rick Devins right. made the appearance here. Um, I have a pretty so good memory. To, I mean... Yeah, you, know, you didn't have any facts. I'll say Mr. and Mrs. G, you know, came with some stone, cold, you know, stone cold facts, uh, which they deserve credit for. Uh, but that being said, uh, before we get into all of that fun, super important question, Brandon, are you a Big Bang Theory guy? Uh, never really watched it. You know, I've seen like, you know, if it's it's the only thing on, maybe I'd put it on TV, but not actively watching it. More like a background show at most, if anything. Mm, Ron Rivera said at the owners meetings on Tuesday that he is a big Big Bang Theory guy. So not just a Big Bang Theory guy. He's a big, right. Big Bang Theory guy. Um, hmm. You know, look, Big Bang Theory, I think, was kind of the end of, like, really good sitcoms. Like, like I don't know that you can name a sitcom that's on TV right now that people are enjoying, right? Um, but, like, that being said, every episode's, like, the same, right? You know, it's like, okay, wow, the guys, they do something nerdy. Ah, man, they get made fun of. Ha, ah, ha, You know, like, what what's new about this? Yeah, but I guess we that's what Ron Rivera throws on. A podcast, RJ. Hear me out. A little pitch for you. We should do a podcast about nothing. That's the podcast. Yeah. It's about nothing. Um, I fin I have finished Seinfeld at least. Um, you haven't, yeah, at least unless you've done some I'm serious like, work uh, since we last like talked about season this. seven, episode twenty. I'm getting there. Okay. Well, um, Big Bang Theory is cool. Like I have no knock on it, but you know, I, I just I don't know the context of why Ron Rivera said that. Um, mm -hmm. I would love to understand. Like when I saw the quote, I opened the photo in the tweet, and I thought, is he wearing like um like a hoodie under a blazer? You know what I mean? Like something like that. Like was that the genesis of the conversation? But no, like just just kind of standing there, you Stand know, normal clothes. Um, so uh, bazinga, Ron Rivera, bazinga. Uh, mm -hmm. but anyway, uh, we have to start with the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, no real like headlining news. I don't, I, I, and I say that with regards to every single team. Uh, we have some important things and some interesting things to get to. Uh, but my perception uh, about what the biggest headliner for the Eagles is may not be what yours is. But so give us the rundown. What's the latest in the land of the birds? Well, I want to talk about something that doesn't really transition to the topic after that, which I think makes more sense. Uh, Terrell Edmonds, the Eagles signed a safety. They needed a safety because they lost Marcus Epps, lost Chauncey Gardner Johnson. Uh, who actually Harry Roseman spoke about for the first time at the NFL owners meetings this week and kind of confirmed what I think we already knew is that uh, they were negotiating with him earlier in the process. There was a point where it kind of reads like, okay, I think we're kind of too far apart here. So we're going to pivot to something else. And then it clearly didn't work out in the end. Uh, how he was asked if they actually had a chance to match with CJ DJ. And he <laughs> kind of a weird answer. He's like, I don't even remember. Um, but basically gave the sentiment that even if he did, it just didn't necessarily seem like the most tenable situation because Chauncey Garner Johnson would clearly be returning on a deal where he felt not really happy and disrespected in the same place as opposed to kind of going elsewhere where in theory maybe he can get paid more. Whatever. In any case, the Eagles sign Terrell Edmonds. And it's an interesting signing because this is a safety who's a former first-round pick 
who has not really missed many games in his career, um, who has not made a ton of plays, but by some standards, I've seen, uh, I think the Athletics uh, football, uh, Steelers, sorry, the Athletics Steelers writer said that Edmonds had his best year last year. I know there was a lot of sentiment over at Behind the Steel Curtain that Edmonds is like a good player. And actually, up on their article, or sorry, up an article up on their site right now has the exact headline, RJ, say what you want, but Terrell Edmonds is a good NFL safety. Like that's and that's this is written after the fact of him, of him leaving Pittsburgh. So uh, the Eagles got him for pretty cheap, and that's kind of maybe just speaks to how the safety market wasn't really uh, hopping this offseason. But I think it's a really nice signing for the Eagles in terms of at the very least a uh, a stopgap, a guy who might be able to be a decent starter for this team. Safety market, pretty chill this offseason. Chauncey Grinder-Johnson, kind of an example of that, obviously. Uh, the tight end market, super chill this offseason. Um, the running back market is, like, forever chill, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't have, like, a passionate take, like, positively or negatively. I mean, you know, availability is an important thing. That's, you know, kind of been um, the, the drum I've been beating when it comes to branding cups, right? Like, if you're playing all the time and, and you're having success, you're putting up numbers or whatever, like – that's worth paying for. I mean, paying minimally for, obviously, which is what's happening here. Um, and it had to happen, right? Like, you know, we, the last time we talked, like the Eagles had like, what, two safeties on the roster and one was Reed Blankenship. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, kind of had to happen. I think the bigger theme, uh, and if you want to weigh in, this is that like, I mean, this is, the salary cap is real. People want to say it's not, it's real. Like if it, if it wasn't, if it was fake, then the Eagles could have just re-signed everyone instead of having to sign like Rashad Penny for a 600K guaranteed and Terrell Edmonds for cheap and Nicholas. These are like bargain signings. That's what they had to do. And I think, again, the theory is that the offense is what's most important. They've really kept that nucleus together, except for losing Isaac Sumalo to the Steelers. But that wasn't unexpected by any means. And they have Cam Jurgens, who's the second round pick, as a potential successor in-house already there. Um, so I think that's what they're really counting on is Jalen Hurts and the offense being the driving force and the defense just being like, like they're just these signings specifically like Edmonds and Morrow, just kind of plugging guys in where you can at least hopefully get some kind of level of competency out of that. But that being said, I mean, these, these are low investment guys for a reason. Like they're, they're not just like, Oh, great. Amazing bargain signings. Everyone. Like if one of these players from this group turns out to be good, then that's a success. They're all, there's no way, like, it's very unlikely that they're all just going to, you know, outperform expectation, be really good. So I don't think that's like a criticism. It's just the position the Eagles were in, right? Like, you, you can't, like, what, what else were they supposed to do, I guess? I mean, I, I feel like this is a, this belongs in the same box as the, like, phenomena that's going to happen inevitably. Like, we're going to be sitting here in October and November, um, and the Eagles are going to be, I don't know, six and four or something like that and people are going to be like freaking out right like oh this team's already lost more games you know what i mean like this the they're lower in dvoa like you know what i mean like it's just going to be like an onslaught of like criticism like measuring it up against last season like it was never going to be the same and that's true for anything like and that's true positively and negatively there is regression to the mean in positive and negative senses so like this was inevitable if, if you're an eagles fan and you're like this sucks like well then you weren't living in reality you know what i mean like you you weren't understanding that like this was going to happen and it wasn't going to happen because the Eagles went all in and whatever it was going to happen because this is just life. This is just business. This is the way that, that, you know, the world works in the NFL contracts are for a certain length of time. And when they run out, they run out. Sometimes it makes sense to bring players back. Sometimes you can, sometimes they work with you. Sometimes they don't, sometimes they want to get paid and everything is okay. But now it's on, you know, a really talented front office and coaching staff to, you know, make lemonade with their new limits. 
Yeah, I mean, you can't realistically have a Pro Bowler at every position. <laughs> that's just not. I mean, Eagles almost did last year, but that's not the norm. Um, so I mean, you I, know, I, I don't I hate. I I say I hate, but like, I, it doesn't really bother me to pour salt in the wound. But like, that's that's why losing the Super Bowl was so like. And you've said no, this, I, you know what I mean. But like, that was that I was on the record with it. that beforehand. Yeah, that because because like. And I said, you know, I said this, like leading up to the Super Bowl, it would have been the most like Madden season of all time, right? Like led the NFL and ABCD, you know, all the way down to Z, like had, you know, mm-hmm. won all the awards, took away, took home all the things. And like that was, but without the one thing, you know, it all kind of rings hollow. And that's just, you know, again, th- like the, like the NFL wasn't going to stop existing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like p- football wasn't going to go away forever. Like this is just the process that follows losing the Super Bowl. So the other thing that the Eagles have going on, Maybe I don't really think so. The, the reporting, let's be clear here, came out. Are you transitioning? Is that the thing you're doing? Yeah, this is still the, we're talking the, about the Eagles thing? still, but it's the Eagles no, side like, of because this is this is the thing that everybody was like super excited about that we got tagged in a bunch of times. That's what I'm saying. Is are you doing? Are you taking us there? That's my question. Yeah, of course. Okay, well, I didn't know been... that. I was I was getting now I'm getting hyped. I didn't understand well, if you were doing that. Ruining the flow of what I'm saying. Mm, get back on it, Ezekiel Elliott. The Eagles apparently were one of the three teams that, let's be clear here, it was not said that he was talking to or negotiating with or had interest in him, but was his wish list of playing for was the Eagles, the Jets, and the Bengals. And it's been very funny because all of those teams have come out since and been like, nah, we're good in some form or another. With the Eagles, um, I'm guessing a team sentiment came uh, and contacted John Clark, who put out there that the Eagles are happy with their running backs, which makes sense, logically. Uh, I think the Jets and Bengals were asked more directly, like Zach Taylor, and I forget, maybe Joe Douglas or whoever, uh, Salah from the Jets, basically kind of downplayed interest in Ezekiel Elliott, uh, which doesn't mean they're definitely not going to sign him, but it's certainly, like, they, they could have been like, yeah, he's a good player, maybe something will happen. They They didn't say that. They definitely didn't leave the door open so much either, so... Uh, very kind of weird to me that it would be Adam Schefter would leak out that those are Zeke's three finalists that he wants to play for. And it doesn't seem like there's mutual interest. So this is Adam's wording, just so we're crystal clear. Right. And then obviously this got twisted in the aggregation and things like that. Um, but so Adam Schefter's tweet, this was uh, five days ago. So that was what on Thursday, Thursday. Cowboys running. By the way, he he writes Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott. He's not the mm-hmm. Cowboys running back. You know, like that. No. Like he's a, the former Cowboys. But so former Cowboys, Cowboys running, back, running I'm, back. Right. I'm I'm just reading this verbatim. Cowboys running back Ezekiel Elliott has narrowed down his options about where to play to the Eagles, Jets, and Bengals, and he would like to make his decision about where to sign by the end of next week. Per sources, now the end of next week is now the end of this week. Um, but again, I will say uh, based on the following reports uh, from different insiders and people connected to the three organizations, as you noted, um, those reports made this sound more like a wish list. I don't, I honestly didn't get wish list vibes completely because when you think about it, again, the wording is Zeke has narrowed down his options about where to play. So that Hmm. the implication there, and I'm not trying to like play semantics, but you tell me the implication is that he had, I don't know, like more than three options right and that he like a recruiting trip you know put the three hats on the table and is now going to pick one of the hats on live national television at the u.s army i would say that uh what i wrote in the article at the time last week was okay i i think this seems to be kind of more of a preference on his end now that being said would you prefer to play somewhere where they don't want you (laughs) so like that's kind of the uh the question there is like it it would it would seem there was some kind of 
like why would you want to play somewhere where they definitely didn't want you i um so this is the cowboys kind of thing this is like our venn diagram by the way to get from eagles to cowboys to talk there um, would be an emergency podcast obviously right these mixed podcasts <laughs> that, if that was the, the first thing Zeke. yeah that was the first thing Brandon slacked me um, when I was like, you know, knee deep in. Well, oh, that's but, a big question. Uh, it's like, when do we do the emergency podcast? Like, it, it has to feel right, and it clearly did right. with Carson Wentz last year. Right, it, they're right, very right. specific this, events. This would be on that, and we even said, I think, at the time that had the Demarco Murray thing happened in the era of the NFC's mixtape, that that would have mm-hmm. necessitated an emergency no, episode. So this, and this obviously, you know, invoked the memories of that. Um, although at the time, DeMarco was this sort of like high prized free agent. Um, mm-hmm. I don't even remember what the contract was that he signed with coming off a career time. year as a right, right. To... But so, like, See. you know, th- there are definitely some different circumstances. Um, so, from what I saw, you mentioned all the Eagles reporting um, and, and kind of poo pooing it. Now, the Eagles players that I saw, you and I were talking mm-hmm. about this, um, did seem to kind of be at least stoking the flame, right? Like having some fun and, and kind of like mildly recruiting some eyeball emojis, things like that. On the other side of that coin, though, Brees Hall of the New York Jets tweeted out, we're good. You know, like, like, we, you know, like, like actually was like, we're good. Um, well, that's also that, a player at his position, though, to be fair. Well, I know. I'm, but that would like, directly still, impact I mean, him. Right, it wouldn't right, impact but, uh, Lane Johnson or Darius Slay. Right, right, right. Um, now, what I will say from the Cincinnati perspective, the only thing I really saw was Zach Taylor, who happened to do, I think it was yes. a, a local radio interview that night. Um, and, and just, you know, kind of, he did kind of casually say like, look, great player. We're big fans, you know, but kind of mm-hmm. like towed the political line. Now I think the connection that there's like a low hanging fruit connection to each of the three in my mind. Um, the jets is the like would be Aaron Rodgers destination. Right. So like they're the, like the super team <laughs> so of this off season. Right. You should mention that Schefter kind of, followed this up which is bizarre the the follow-up tweet do you did you see the follow-up tweet to what he had there because he kind of touched on what you're touching on but it's very bizarre it's it's bizarre because he mentioned like okay like these could be i guess three connections to why those teams like he didn't say that directly but that's kind of the inference there the one was as you said a potential rogers landing spot which we expect okay that okay sure that makes sense um even if you don't think rogers is good he obviously is clout uh two he was at he was at Ohio State with Joe Burrow. Like, are you serious? Did like Zeke even know who Joe Burrow was when they were like together I, there so for not even the, long? The Joe time? Burrow part, the Joe Burrow part is irrelevant to me. But I do think it matters that like he was a star in the state of Ohio, right? Like, I mean, he he has he, he's one of the like biggest superstars to have played football in that state in the last twenty years. So like well, that even, is a small factor to me. Even if you buy but that the, one, I, I agree. Then, I agree. The, the it is a massive leap to connect him to Joe Burrow in that sense. Well, well then the about. Eagles one of all doesn't make sense because then Schefter brought up that the Eagles signed Demarco Murray. What does that have to do with anything? And also that didn't yeah, work out well. I mean, Why would that be like a the, good reason? <laughs> like, oh well, they signed Demarco Murray, so they definitely the, would sign Zeke. The Demarco that thing out is so well. The Demarco thing is truly insignificant. Um, but like, I could kind of see the like divisional aspect, you know, and, and like the you know. Trying to, you know, I was so curious how each of the fan bases involved here were reacting to this. So, like, I, I checked out obviously our SB Nation team sites in the comment section. I checked out the subreddits for each of these teams. Um, and a, a, a take I saw a lot specifically uh, among Eagles fans was like, hey, look, this could help, you know, Jalen Hurts doesn't have to do all these quarterback sneaks, right? This, this could help mitigate that. Like, Zeke kind of becomes your short yardage, you know, goal linebacker or whatever. You're like Mike Tolbert or whatever. Um, so, like, that argument makes a little bit of like football sense. Um, but I just I have a hard time seeing how any team 
is going to be, you know, all in on Zeke as they're like RB1, so to speak. Um, when when he was first released, and we talked about this, you know, at, at BTB, we talked like, where do you, we think he could end up? Um, kind of the, the hip suggestion was the, the Bills. Um, but since then, they've signed Damian Harris. You know, Dave, Devin Singletary obviously left uh, for the Texans, right, in free agency. Um, so, but the Harris signing obviously kind of eliminates them from contention here. Um, now, for what it's worth, Jerry Jones at the owners' meetings on Monday um, said that the door was not closed. That That's was kind right. of the well. That Prophecy's was kind of the aggregated. True. That was the aggregated line. However, if you go listen to what Jerry said, it, mm. it wasn't. It, it wasn't the way that line makes it out to be. Now, I I don't know that this is the biggest deal, but if you want to like, if you want all the things that are a part of this subject, all the um, fixings. Zeke's first tweet, I don't know if you saw this, um, since being released, uh, was something I don't, I don't, I can't quote it verbatim, but it was like, I want my number 15 back, which he wore obviously at Ohio State. Um, so, so, and now that wasn't that, that's so dumb, by the way. Like, I know we both agree. I have a really quick interjection on that because some people were like, well, Eagles are definitely not going to sign him because they retired the 15. So he can't possibly sign the Eagles. It's like, I don't think that's that, what that means. Yeah. Like, and the, like, anyway. and the, the point I'm getting to isn't like proof. Like this is this is not going to happen to the Cowboys. But so Zeke wants to wear 15, right? Like wherever he winds mm-hmm. up. Yeah, that's that's his goal because he wore 15 in college. Now he can wear 15 because of the change in the NFL rules. Okay. Uh, well, uh, you and I were talking on Tuesday, March 28th. Shout out to the Atlanta Falcons. Um, the Cowboys <laughs> announced on Monday that they have given number 21 to new cornerback Stephon Gilmore. So 21 mm-hmm. is off the books. 20, 21 is unavailable. 15 is taken by Will Greer. So a lot of Cowboys fans mm, are like, oh, oh no. To, to, your, to your point, like, oh, well, how can how can Z come back? You know, Stephon they can't Gilmore possibly has 21, and, and, and Will get Greer has Will 15. Greer. Uh, yeah, they poss- so like, you can't possibly get him to change his jersey number. It's impossible. Like, am, am I saying it's impossible, in my opinion, um, that the Cowboys sign Zeke? this summer at training camp and change Will Greer's number. And it's like the new era of Zeke wearing number 15. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm, I don't, I can't say that's impossible, but Give I mean really, a percentage you know, chance of how likely I would say 5%. I would, I would say 5%. Like, no, I thought about that uh, for fun, but no, like, I mean, I think they're just, they're, they are moving on and mm. good for them. We've we'll already see. given them their, their credit for that, for being non-emotional about this. Um, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it's a coincidence that the three teams that that were, you know, preferences or whatever are the Eagles, which are this like spicy, you know, team relative to the Cowboys specifically. The Jets, who do have the Rodgers clout and everything that's going on with them in the news, and the Bengals, uh, you know, new rising perennial AFC powerhouse with a lot of personalities and again connected to his hometown. Like again, if you had to pick an Ohio-based team to connect Zeke to, you can't pick the Browns, right? Like for Zeke because they have you know. Nick Chubb, you know, like that's just not possible right now. Um, so the the Bengals make a little bit of sense with Samaj P. Ryan leaving in free agency. Um, you just, yeah, you never know. Uh, I think this is still still alive. Still think he could end up in Dallas, but uh, I do. I wonder. I wonder if um, the Eagles part of it at any level is like kind of putting pressure, in, at least from his camp, not in actuality because I don't think the Cowboys care. But like from his camp's version of like, well, we could sign with the Eagles, so we better like re-sign him or whatever. But I think that's dumb and not actually effective at all. So, and I, I think he's gonna be on the market for. A while. I could be wrong, but I just I don't know. I feel like my sense of the situation is that Zeke still thinks he's like better than he actually. Like I, I think where Zeke is is he's valuing himself up here, and I think what the market is is here, and I think there's a difference there, and I think that's gonna lead to him being out of work for a while. 
I certainly can't speak for Zeke and his assessment of the situation, but my read is that, you know, Zeke has accomplished all individual accolades, right? That that you can, right? He's got two rushing mm. titles, right? Like he he's I mean, well, Not like he, he has had he has had a, a you know incredible statistical career to this point, right? One rookie so of the like, year. He, he, he needs he didn't win rookie of the year. Um, he should have. I don't know if you were I don't know if you were trolling, but uh, he did win offensive player. Oh, yeah, of, the of year. course he should have. Um, I mean he was. He so, was the rookie um, of the year. So I mean, my point is like Zeke needs a Super Bowl, right? Like that's that's By the, the way, most important thing. Like what? Uh, I was just watching some Zeke I'm highlights in 2016. Deal, so like, go, go I just ahead. wanted to <laughs> get it in that like it's just so clear. I was so different, and now that makes sense. He's had such a big workload. He's the active oh, NFL dude. leader in touches. Do you know where he ranks among all-time NFL players in touches? I think like twelfth. I mean, I really don't 46. know. Like, like that's I mean, that's like... pretty crazy. And uh, um, but he just he he was such a beat. Like, he was so good, and it, it's just he's fallen. It's not any. It's not like a. I'm not trying to slander him now. I'm just saying, like, it's crazy how running back and having all those touches totally just like takes the juice out of you. Because he was like, uh, his 2016 highlights are like that's a different player than the player you see today. People act like he was only like an elite player that 26, like that that was clearly the peak, right? Like he was never like that player again. But like that was just such a special you know year for him. But he was still incredible. E- even he was smaller. He got so big. He got so freaking like, like he like, loaded up. In 29, so the 2019 season followed his contract extension, and he was still so good. Um, the, so good. the drop off really, really happened in 2020, and mm-hmm. I, I think the fact that he lasted as long as he did is a testament to how good he is as far as being a running back in, in the sure. modern NFL, right? Like you just you don't see you know seven year careers at this point. But um, but anyway, not with that, um, not with that one. I, I, definitely not. I, I think he I think he wants a Super Bowl. So like I don't think it is a bad thing for Zeke to wait and chill and see like you know. Not not like a wait for an injury situation, but like wait and see who looks good, right? Like jump on at the end. Sure. Like you don't have to go through OTAs and all that stuff at this point. So in okay. um, Dominican Sue and Linval Joseph last year. Yep. Um, I would. Um, oh, I just saw a tweet. The Nets are shutting down Ben Simmons for the season. I know you're super bummed about wow, that. Shocker. Um, but uh, but just last thing on Zeke is, I mean. Yeah, like I wouldn't be shocked if it takes time or whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, but if he does wind up with the Eagles, obviously the Cowboys will see him twice a year. I don't know if you uh, remembered this, but the NFC East plays the AFC East. So if he winds up with the Jets, uh, he will play the NFC East as well in 2023. Mm-hmm. Yep. The, Cow- the Cowboys host the Jets. So that game would take place in Dallas um, if that wound up. Aaron Rodgers and Zeke. Uh, I know. That Ooh. that is so weird. Um, against Mike McCarthy. <laughs> like mm-hmm. who would have ever thought? Um, quick, uh, well, as we talk about the Cowboys here, um, you are, are passionate about this subject the way I am. Stefan Gilmore in 21, your thoughts. Uh, it's a good pick. It's more of a safety number in my mind or like a slot oh, corner. I d- so disagree. Uh, I don't hate it. No, I, I like, uh, I mean, I, I'm thinking of Jose Leo Hansen used to wear that 21 for the Eagles. Um, I don't hate 21 in the outside corner. It's good. It's a good number It's a good, in general and in, in general, like regardless of position, it's a pretty strong number. Yeah, I mean it's difficult like to to look bad in twenty one. Like so, some numbers look a little bit questionable in certain team fonts, but like it's you can't find one that twenty one looks bad in. I never thought that Zeke was at twenty one. I wanted him to wear thirty three so badly. Like I felt like that would have looked really, really, really good. Yeah, the E's. Um, E-E. Uh I didn't even think about that, but like that would have been awesome too. Um, yep. but um, but yeah, so Stefan Gilmer's wearing twenty one. I'm on the record as not being a fan of skill position players in the single digits. I hate this world that we're in. That being said, so, Randy Cooks, cooks yeah. um, he's wearing number three. Not so. terrible. 
Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I, I'm, I can kind of like it's, it's palatable. You know what I mean? Like, I don't hate it as much mm-hmm. as I, I normally. Like, maybe I'm just getting used to this world. Um, but um, poor Ronald. If you picked Jones, eight, dude. though, no. Well, he can't. Not on this team. Who's eight? Troy Aikman. They mm-hmm. don't hand that number out. They don't hand out eight. Right. They don't hand out twelve. But they don't, they don't retire numbers, right? No, but they don't hand them out. I mean, they they will hand out like seventy four, um, Bob Lee's number, um, like to a rookie at camp. But they never let them wear it on the active roster. But they never even hand out eight, twelve, or twenty two. Those are the precious ones. Um, but um, but yeah. So Cooks is in three. Poor Ronald Jones, dude. Thirty two. Gross. Like we have to do. So I, I usually do a. I know the jersey like number me. analytics. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Yeah. We've heard this a million. You should times do it. Why haven't we? We have to do that for the East. We have to do that. Yeah, well, that's why I'm I'm like we're walking that in. That would be a long podcast. Do every single um, number. <laughs> well, the that new ones. Work. We, we can do the rookie to figure the, the like head, the headlining rookies, right? So, but again, that's why I was getting get your thoughts. On the record with the other ones, though, too. Hmm. It, it seems like we agree that Stefan Gilmore in 21, really solid choice. Um, there weren't a lot available, and so 21 was kind of like the coolest number for him. Um, and three for Brandon Cooks could could be worse. You know what I mean? I would love to see an 81 back in the fold. I, I think he's too small for an 81, but still, like I really, really would yeah. love to see somebody rock 81. Yeah, he's more of a uh, like tens number. Yeah, Teams. like 10, 11. I could see him. I never liked him in 14. 13's okay, um, yeah. but three. Uh, and them giving him three seems to be the latest indication that Anthony Brown will not be returning to the Cowboys because wow. he was wearing it uh, this past season. So, um, tough scene for him. Um, no other real big time. Th- oh, the Cowboys did have Tony Pollard sign his franchise tag. Um, so that is official. There's no, you know, there was a small slight question. What if he doesn't sign it? What's going to happen? Oh no, my gosh, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Uh, but that did happen since we last spoke. Other than that, uh, it's just kind of been chalk for the Cowboys um, as far as their concern. Um, well, Jerry Jones news right, to you right now, once you're done saying about Jerry Jones said, uh, well, let's get to your thing first. Cause my thing, might no, it's not, it's not that important, <laughs> but uh, Cowboys wow. uh, private workout with Purdue quarterback, Aiden O'Connell. Uh, wow. They have working out a quarterback. They have said, so they brought Cooper rush back. Um, they have said that they really want to draft a quarterback. They're, I would bet a lot of money that they're going to take somebody on day three. So other teams um, who have private visits and workouts with them include the Jets, the Raiders, the Saints, the Colts, and the Bears. What do those teams have in common? Hmm. Anyway, uh, so Jerry Jones, um, I haven't addressed this on any podcast on our network yet, um, but um, on Monday, Jerry threw people into a bit of a tizzy. Um, so Terrence Steele, uh, the Cowboys placed a second round tender on him this offseason, in case anybody's unaware. He has not signed that yet, at least uh, to any sort of public knowledge. Uh, but expectations are he'll return. He tore his ACL in the win against the Houston Texans, but the Cowboys have said many times they expect him to be ready for training camp. Um, there was a video that was posted last week. He looks good, obviously, at this point. Um, that being said, uh, Terrence Steele has been the Cowboys' right tackle for the most part since 2020 when they found him as an undrafted free agent. Um, now, Jerry said on Monday at the owners' meetings that they have no plans to move him to guard. And everybody was like, who said you were going to move him to guard? <laughs> that was kind of like the, the general reaction. Not like, test who, too like, much. Yeah, like, whoa, who are you talking like about right now? Um, now the Cowboys restructured Tyron Smith's deal. So he's returning. We've already talked about that. So the expectation, um, I would say from most Cowboys fans has been that Tyron will play left tackle until he gets hurt. 
Um, and until then, Tyler Smith will play left guard and Terrence Steele will man the right side of the offensive line. It does not seem like Jason Peters is going to return at the very least until the beginning of the regular season, if that even winds up happening. Um, so the implication, if you take Jerry at his word, um, that there have been some discussions, at least, about moving Terrence Steele inside to the other side uh, to left guard are that Tyler Smith would maybe stay at left tackle and that Tyron Smith would resume the right tackle post that he had after Terrence got hurt. I'm sure you remember that um, Tyron playing on the right side, which he hadn't done since his rookie year. Um, so I don't know. I don't know exactly what the Cowboys are doing. I don't know if they're posturing ahead of the draft, if they're you know trying to BS everybody and, and throw people off the scent. It makes sense that they would take a, a guard in the first round. A lot of people like Osiris Torrance. A lot of people like Steve Avila. Um, but yeah, it, this was a weird wrench that Jerry kind of threw in the middle of, a, of some otherwise peaceful waters. What if Terrence Steele played in Pittsburgh? Uh, it is. I don't know if you know this or not. It's spelled with an E on the end. So, like, it's just yeah. lacking the R-S. Uh, Terrence Steeler. That'd be cool. Oh, it's singular. He's a Steeler. Him. I know. I mean, but... Like, you call someone a cowboy or an eagle, they would be a Steeler. Actually, awesome. whenever, whenever I write that, like when I refer to someone as a cowboy, it feels awkward to not include the S at the end. I don't know if you feel that It way. does feel weird. Yeah, I would say an Eagles player. I wouldn't say an Eagle a lot. But right, that's I mean, I, I think it's actually something that gets said more than like, it's 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 better when you say it than it is written out. Right. I think that's fair. to yeah, say. Yeah, like I don't I don't mind like saying it in an audible way, but like writing yeah. out a cowboy or an Eagle Doesn't or look a right. giant. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's awkward. That's what I'm saying. But um, so that's what remember, I'm saying. You would have to add the RS. Do you remember Landon uh, Collins' famous tweet from right after he was drafted? No. He put, I'm a giant baby. <laughs> the G capitalized. Like he is a giant. But, right. you know, it was like and a obviously, he, he should have had a comma after the giant because then it, I'm a giant baby, like celebration. But it just read that he is a giant baby, which kind of was true. There you go. Um, okay. A lot of Giants whiny safety are like, well, I don't know. The Giants fans aren't going to enjoy hearing that, but um, outspoken, maybe safeties, intro role, Landon Collins. There's two. Another um, one that we can get to after the break. All right. Let's do that. Welcome back from the break. Brandon, um, a lot of people reached out to me about my new pellet grill and had all sorts of suggestions. Um, I made some stuff, and I got to tell you, it turned out pretty good. I've been kind of casually glancing uh, at, you know, these these pictures you're posting on your Instagram at RJ Ochoa, at Brandon Gowton for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So I've been seeing some of the things look good. I feel like I feel like the salmon needed a little more seasoning, my man. Don't be don't get shut. Don't be shy. The seasoning, season um, that bad boy up. I was, a lot of seasoning. I wasn't. I certainly wasn't shy about it. Uh, the salmon was really good. Um, I we did some Cornish hens. Those were incredible. I feel um, like, <laughs> in my most Bill Simmons voice, I feel like Cornish hen is having a moment. I feel like I've seen a lot of hen stuff recently. A lot of hen. Like where was that? Uh, now it's here in my face. I also feel like for somebody who, um, well, you've said your piece about this you are the only person who references bill simmons with regularity around here <laughs> so, when did i do um, that before um you've done it um the I other don't listen to be clear okay i mean it's fine if you do we're we're not gonna judge um so oh you should um anyway um yeah we did uh some right? cornish hands we did some salmon we did um 
just uh, some regular chicken that turned out really well. Um, did some jalapeno poppers. Like, who doesn't like jalapeno poppers? That's my question to you. Who doesn't? Jalapeno poppers. Overrated or underrated? Um, right, like- I I've, I've talked about loving jalapeno before a lot. So, yeah. It's one of those time. things that everybody likes. Like, and I, I tell you what, I'm going to do some brats on Thursday for opening day. Super pumped about that. Um, sure. My big, like, next expedition is I'm going to do a pulled pork the week of the Masters. So, we'll see how that yeah. goes. It's a good time. Um, I'm so a giant, the baby. point was that outspoken giant safeties. Julian Love, as you will remember, criticized Nick Sirianni for his uh, – I enacted it for the uh, audio listeners out there. His little nod at the camera during the Eagles-Giants playoff game and, and whatnot, only to then leave the, the Giants and sign with the Raiders. Uh, good friend of this podcast and my co-host on BGN Radio, Jimmy Kemsky, did a good NFC East frequency grades series for each team. I would recommend checking those out at phillyvoice.com. I thought he had a really interesting point on the uh, Giants players loss section where he basically wrote like, I'm counting here, like almost 20 paragraphs, not quite that long, pretty long on uh, Julian Love. And it is kind of crazy. I think he did, and he did sign, by the way, right after our last record. Um, So that's a significant development. Uh, I thought the Giants were going to keep him. It seemed like a lot of Giants fans. That was the sentiment I got from Big Blue View and Ed Valentine as well. And he didn't sign for a crazy deal. It was like two years, twelve million. Like that's that's not a lot. Uh, so really interesting that he ended up leaving. And I can't read the whole section here, but basically, um, the way he summed it up at the end uh, for their grade, I'll just read this whole section. If you're a Giants fan and you have a truly objective eye in evaluating your team's players, be honest. It can't feel great hitching your wagon long-term to Daniel Jones. I mean, right? Jones aside, it's hard making sense of many of the Giants' moves. They can't afford Bradbury, James Bradbury, or Julian Love, but they can afford a non-impact off-ball linebacker in Bobby Okarike for $10 million per year? Explain that to me like I'm four. Ultimately, this front office parentheses, perhaps as a director of ownership, question mark, and parentheses, has an unwillingness to restructure veterans' contracts at the expense of a better roster, and they're going to have a hard time competing with teams that are better at maximizing the use of their cap. Grade, C-. minus. I, I mean, I think that's a yeah, little critical. I, yeah, I think that's critical. I mean, like, I, I mean, I would love to, and I don't mean to be the, like, but what's your plan, guy? You're right. Like, I hate that. Like, when you rip, because, like, like, you should be allowed to rip something, right? And, but, like, I hate when people respond to that, like, okay, well, what would you have done differently? You know what I mean? Like, those are different things. Um, but, like, what, so, like, at the risk of sounding like that person, what were the Giants supposed to do this offseason? Like, like, what, well, what was the plan? Going in back general? to last year, though, like, they did, like, so I think it's a mis, it's, it's factually incorrect to say they had to release James Bradbury. No, they didn't. That is not true. They couldn't okay, keep so him as are, is. Why are we, talking about and penalizing the giants for releasing james bradbury a year ago because it's the same kind of thinking like oh they couldn't keep julian Le- like like why aren't they making cap space for some of these players they could be doing this by setting up void years and whatnot but they're purposely not doing that or i don't know are they not familiar with it i don't know it's kind of a question do we mark. really think like letting julian love go is like the difference between the giants being a good and not good team 
my question is like, but it's not about the one move. It's not about that. It's the bigger picture. Is this something that is, is are the Giants a f- smart front office? Are these the? And I, it's a question. I'm not saying I have a definitive answer yet, but I'm questioning: Are these the moves of a smart front office? Letting Julian Love for walk for I think is a reasonable deal. Homegrown player, captain, um, good starter uh, for a reasonable deal. Only so you can sign like Bobby McCain. Like really? Like that's is that a good move? Is that definitely what you should have done so i think that there are and i know you're at least you seem like you're asking the question in an open-ended way not through a slant or with an objective in mind um there are sometimes like sometimes it's not just about the money right like sometimes it's not just like oh well we could have paid that right like i think a, a good example and i have no like evidence of this but like to use the cowboys as an example we didn't talk about this actually um i'm pretty certain it was after we recorded last week uh belton schultz wound up with the houston texans um on a one-year deal worth up to nine million dollars so not even like worth all the way up to nine or like necessarily worth four nine million dollars um so like when that happened there were a lot of cowboys fans like man i don't know i would have taken that you know like i would have brought dalton schultz back like well like i mean dalton schultz was on the tag and again these are different circumstances but dalton schultz was on the tag last year and and maybe he wanted out maybe he felt disrespected maybe he wanted to move on again all these are maybe sort of things it's like we have no idea how julian love felt with regards to the giants like you know maybe he likes seattle you know maybe he wants to go throw the fish you know what i mean like we have no clue but like so i don't think you can just say like oh they they could have done this and the fact that they didn't means that they're stupid i did see that uh so julian love presented seattle's offer to the giants and the team didn't match it according to uh dan duggan from the athletic so they did get a chance to match that and i don't know i just think that's Again, it's not the one signing as a make or break, but I just, I don't, I'm looking at the bigger vision here and I don't, I've said it, I've said before this offseason started, this was a crucial offseason for the Giants last year. For the most part, it was about taking their medicine. They couldn't do a ton because of what Dave Gettleman had kind of done poorly. And I think they did a reasonable job of limited uh, options, kind of managing what they did. They kind of added um, a little bit more offensive line stability and John Feliciano and Mark Lewinsky, uh, Feliciano, who also was kind of, I don't think we ever talked about here. That was also kind of a surprise departure for them. And a kind of like a big deal. Like they're losing their starting center. That's, I don't think he was an amazing player by any means, but now you're going to have like another piece on the Giants offensive line uh, and someone that I think is at some level key in Daniel Jones' success slash development that is not no longer part of the equation now. Um, so I just, again, I think I've been pretty positive on the Giants really since the Dable hire. And the Shane hire for the most part. Um, and we were a little bit higher. That was like, that was part of it all. Like, their whole coaching felt staff gave them legitimacy. Right. Great point. And Kafka, too. All of that. Absolutely. I thought they hired a really good coaching staff, but, and, and wavered in season when it looked like they might have collapsed and then gave them a credit again when they didn't collapse. Um, I just, I'm not sold. Like, I'm not fully sold that as much as I was before, or at least thought like before, like they're definitely on the right path. They're definitely on the right path. Now I'm wondering a little bit more. Well, so I think that the Giants have finally become a team that we can critically analyze, right? Like they've never really been that, right? <laughs> right? Like they've just kind of like thrived and and won the lotto twice, right? Like that's kind of been who they've been. Um, and so I think like they're they're finally seated at the adults table, right? And so now it's like a matter of like, okay, well, if you're seated at the adults table, like we're going to look at your outfit, right? Like we're going to look how you walked in, you know, we're, we're going to kind of measure you against the other adults for the first time. And so like, I get that. Like, so I'm not saying we have to blindly trust this and like have nothing but optimism and, and sunshine and rainbows for the Giants. But what I will say is like, 
they, they have at least earned the benefit of the doubt. And that's not to say like, oh, wow, now we have to give them the benefit and purely the benefit all the time. It's fair to wonder and it's fair to speculate. And it's fair to say, well, why didn't you like Julian Love? But we do trust Brian Dable right at this point. And so I think that they have, I, I referenced making lemonade earlier. They are making some lemonade, right? Like it might not be the sweetest. It might not be, you know, the most citrusy if that's your thing, but they are making, they're finally making lemonade instead of just water. This, this is at the very least, it, the definition of it is constituted as lemonade. I mean, and so I don't know what the Giants look like this year, but I know that they kind of have a, a short-term plan. And I think that that's like, this is the, this is the most like real the Giants have been as a franchise in like our adult life, right? Like, cause they, they weren't a real team, but even before this like run of incompetence, like they were just Eli Manning and getting lucky every now and then. I think the danger though, of like reaching a, le- I, th- I think we talk a lot about like, how do you manage failure and like, how do you get better? You know, how do you, get, how do you go from being bad to good? But I think it can be kind of a dangerous territory where um, like, what do you do with success? Cause success is obviously relative. Like, how do you handle that? And there are cases, different teams, different, you know, whatever, like the different levels of that in terms of like, okay, the Eagles won the Super Bowl, But then I think in the immediate aftermath of that, they thought so highly of themselves. They made some moves that were kind of arrogant and whatnot, because I think they were kind of full of themselves a little bit. And I wonder if the Giants maybe are at that at some level. It's been so long since they've had like really any kind of taste of success. And not to to be clear, I'm not saying Dable and um, Shane so much because that doesn't really apply to them, but ownership. And, you know, ownership definitely has an influence in these kind of things where like, I wonder, you know, if they're overrating some of their, if they're overrating Daniel Jones and, I think and if, this group of what they have right now. So Jones's guaranteed money runs up after 2024, right? Like if they really want, you know what I'm saying? Like they can re reshuffle things, reset things in, you know, start planning for that a year from now. Like they had no real path towards like any of that this off season because of the like kind of surprise success the last season was. And so, you know, a lot of their plan got accelerated, but because of that, they weren't able to get, you know, call it momentum or whatever underneath them the way that say the lions are doing right. Right. The lions are kind of a slow burn and have the like proper momentum to be able to like jump and take off versus the giants just like flew right out of the nest. Um, so yeah, I, I think that they're kind of building the bike as they ride it kind of, you know, thing in, in some senses. And sometimes that, that means you make mistakes along the way, but again, I'm, I'm willing to give them the benefit of the doubt, um, uh, with regards to most things at this point in time, like that they have not, we, 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 we marked them as dead, right? We said they're about to blow this, this seven and three thing. They're, they're about to completely and totally fall apart. They're going to miss the playoffs. Typical giants. They, they built that bike, right? Like while riding it and they, you know, were really impressive down the stretch. And so, you know, there might be some hiccups or bumps or wrinkles along the way, but um, again, I'm inclined to trust them a little bit, uh, which is a weird place to be at. They were actually the number one team in terms of ball outsiders did a list of DVOA overachievers. They were number right. one, which is not the best list to be on because that, that could signal, um, you know, there is some level of regression coming. Now, um, I agree with you. I think where we can find common ground is that the Giants are certainly much more competent than they were, which, again, is not really saying a lot at all. Um, that's definitely true, but... I just my question is what is the ceiling here? Is it truly championship at the end of the day? Not right now, but at the end of the day, or are they kind of racing out to the middle and just like you know going to be happy with that at some level? Like okay, we're you know we're, we're back to being respectable, and obviously I'm not saying like happy in that as they're not trying to win the Super Bowl, but I just think I'm getting a sense too, just like from the vibe of fans that it's like just because you've gone from being such a joke to being competent doesn't necessarily mean the next step 
is like now we're going to be championship contenders progression and doesn't sure. always just like work like that there could be a dip back down or you could kind of just level out and not really ever get over the hump so that's just raising a question let's tie a bow on this uh with the commanders we talked about how there was a lot to get to um so ron rivera big big bang theory guy we covered that um i think we kind of have to start here this was the last thing that we had shared and then we'll get to the other stuff but um so adam Schefter tweeted out actually like right before we started recording this mm -hmm. that the josh harris mitchell rails group which now includes magic johnson <laughs> officially sure. submitted a fully financed bid that meets Dan Snyder's $6 billion asking price per source. Now, I'm not sure if you saw this, but uh, Dan Snyder reportedly not at the owner's meetings, but I believe that his wife, Tanya Snyder, was there just for full context. Um, now, mm. Schefter, since we've been recording, Brandon, uh, quote tweeted himself and said, if accepted, this deal would break the previous record sale for our franchise set last August when a group led by Walmart heir Rob Walton bought the Denver Broncos for $4.65 billion. As our friend, by the way, Scott Jennings uh, from Hogs Haven noted, uh, mm -hmm. that the report, I, we haven't read this article because we've been recording, but uh, Schefter had a write-up about this. A apparently, according to Scott, does not mention Jeff Bezos at all. So it does seem mm. like he might be out of the mix as far as ownership uh, for the commanders. Well, I think that's good news for non-commander fans. Again, I've, I've said that. I don't. I, that's like the one thing I don't want to happen is Bezos to get involved. The Josh Harris part is definitely weird, um, as we've covered before with the Sixers part. But uh, I would certainly prefer him to buy it than Bezos. So, uh, would it make case, you? Would it make you love the Sixers even just just a bit less, just a teeny bit less? No, because it's not like Josh Harris is not the Sixers. Okay, then why does it, it bother you at all? It really doesn't make me like him anymore. Because uh, it's just, I just don't, I just don't want that. I just don't want that to mix. I just think it's a weird thing that shouldn't happen. That's why. Um, okay, so we'll obviously be tracking ownership um, and the situation um, in Washington. Uh, let's get to the thing that you shared. I, I'll let you, you felt really passionate about this. I'm, I'm whatever, but, um, but go for it. <clears throat> I just thought it was an interesting thing i had stumbled across on hogs haven this morning i was doing my daily link roundup at bleedinggreennation.com and i saw an article and i, I so i i didn't even like fully get the premise at first which kind of shows you how like out of sight out of mind chase young has been for me um and you know him missing so much time obviously contributing to that there's an article on hogs haven titled is chase really a commander's most valuable chase and i'm like yeah like who else would it be and then i was like oh chase young totally forgot about him and anyway it's a long article and i think you know we've we've been on the record before like chase really is like he's an underrated player he's pretty i think i may have been like my pick or one of our picks for most underrated commanders offensive player in our series um and also probably like up there it, no he's probably he is this he is probably the second team uh, center if we're doing an all nfc east team i mean obviously you're going to make your case for biotish um but in any case like good player but the poll which i thought was very surprising uh asking if chase Roulier was the best chase uh at least the, 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 the i mean here's the here's the specific question yeah which chase getting back to 100 percent do you because chase Roulier coming off an injury as was chase young for most of last year which chase either chase young or chase Roulier? Back to 100%, do you feel is more valuable to the commanders? Who do you think would win that poll, RJ? Chase Young or Chase Roy? I mean, obviously, I would have said Chase Young. So. Same. I was fully expecting <laughs> Chase. And I wasn't even expecting it to be close, to be to be clear. Because, like, I know he used missed time. I get it. But we're talking about, 
like, you know, the number two overall pick who looked great as a rookie and having experienced things with Eagles fans and like the way Eagles fans glommed on the Sidney Jones until like the last like summer he was with the team well, and having, so we much all, hope we all him. had, we've all had one of those like Eagles yeah. fans with Sidney Jones, who by the way is now with the Raiders. Was that this week? Was no, it the Raiders signed, or the Bengals? Well, he was with them. He signed with the Bengals. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Um, but so Sidney Jones was the Eagles version of it. Second round pick, right? Sidney Jones. Right. And uh, for the Cowboys, it was Jalen Smith who, I mean, certainly played more um, at least, um, from a quantitative standpoint mm -hmm. or even like randy gregory in terms of just like man if you can just, or like josh gordon you know these guys it's just like it doesn't have to be just injury like oh man if they could just get on the field like so i was shocked to see chase young at 43 percent and chase really at 57 percent with almost a thousand votes like that, that's not the biggest sample size but that's pretty crazy um i think that this speaks to how like People are down on Chase Young, and there's a big decision to be made on Chase Young this offseason, by the so, way, because the fifth-year option is going right, to be uh, – Right, so – have to do that. I believe Tua was the first to have it picked up. Um, now, mm -hmm. that doesn't really mean anything, like, right? Like, you know, it's not like a race. I mean, like, a lot of players are that are going to have their fifth-year options picked up just haven't had it. So, um, as you mentioned, Chase Young, in case people forget, the second overall pick. Like, not – like, people mm – -hmm. I think that kind of gets lost. Like, he was the second overall pick. They took him over Tua and – I think you could kind of argue that that, you know, was made, like relative to just Tua, the, the incorrect decision, because you could kind of have a franchise quarterback. Now, again, Tua has his own issues, and we certainly hope he's okay. Uh, but the Dolphins certainly seem to believe he will be. You know, if you like remember, that was an early question after that rookie season was like, would you rather have Chase Young or Justin Herbert? And everybody's like, well, you know, Chase Young looks really, really, really good. Like right now, is it even a question? You know what I mean? Like, no. it's, it's not a question. <laughs> no, so, no. Um, Chase I mean, people thought Chase Young was the best prospect in that class, like even over Burrow. Like some people thought he was like the best prospect. Chase Young has been in the NFL for three years. And obviously the second season was when the NFL expanded to 17 games in the regular season. So he's been eligible for 50 regular season games. Do you know how many he has played? Um, Like, I don't know, like 24, 27. Mm. You're talking about like just over half um and i think it's so these are the top 10 picks in the um 2020 nfl draft um so yes or no fifth year options getting picked up your opinion joe burrow obviously yeah. chase young tbd jeff okuda so probably. chase young's by the way it's 17.5 million that's a lot um uh, jeff okuda i'm gonna say no um, chase young. so jeff like just like humor me jeff, jeff okuda, okuda no I think it's possible, but maybe not. No. Um, so, no. okay. Andrew Thomas, probably. I mean, did this not to get down a Lions wormhole, but they just didn't they sign a couple cornerbacks? They did. That's true. Him, and they, I think he's else? been connected to trade talks. Okay. So let's say no there. Yeah, so no. Andrew Thomas. Andrew yes. Thomas, probably. Uh, Tua, yes. Obviously. Justin uh, Herbert, definitely. Yeah, yeah, Herbert, yeah. Der Derek Brown in Carolina. Yes, definitely. Uh, agreed. Isaiah Simmons in Arizona, probably not. And no. uh, CJ Henderson, obviously, well, even, at least not where, with it. Is he with Carolina he's still? still? He's, yeah, he because he got traded to the Panthers. Um, I, I don't know. know, I can't, I like maybe I don't know. If, and then, if we uh, if we play the game like measuring it against the team that like drafted him, because that's what would like constitute a success of the pick, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, the answer is no. Um, and then uh, Jedrick Willis in Cleveland, um, yes, yeah, I haven't, I don't I mean, he, so he plays right, he's, I don't, I've not tapped into the Browns like that. But what was the point of this? Um, what was your point? <laughs> my point is like uh, of the, I mean, and I actually thought like Chase Young was going to be this outlier, but you're talking about two of the three top three picks, probably not going to have their fifth year option picked up. Uh, maybe you're going to have five of the top 10 picks. Like, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So like, that's just not a great hit rate in general, but it's not a great, you know, 
people, myself included, love to bash the Cowboys because it's like you spent the fourth overall pick on a running back. Like such a poor return on investment, like, you know, et cetera, et cetera. You never know you're going to be picking that high again, blah, blah, blah. Like it's so like you don't want to have the second overall pick like organically. Right. And so like it's just such a miss. You know what I mean? And it's a shame because it looked like such a hit after that first year. But it's just it hasn't panned out. Felt like it can't miss kind of pick. It was like I was it was very frustrating to see the commanders end up at number two overall because it was kind of coming down to the wire there, I think, in terms of checking the tank standings. And it was like, you know, come on, come on, come on, uh, Lions. I think it was the Lions who blew it. They could have had him. Uh mm. ended up working out though. Uh um man, there's I'm sorted. I'm looking at the defensive ends drafted that year, and like it's hard to find one good. that that I would feel like great about. Um so I mean I'm not saying that like exonerates Chase Young, but um, but I mean, Ooh, but yeah. you still like you look at you look at that first round and like if I told you any of these other players were on the Commanders, like you would be freaking out more. Like um, obviously any of the quarterbacks. Um, I mean, Javon Kinlaw I think would scare me more at this point. Uh, even mm-hmm. Jerry Judy I'd be concerned about. Ceedee Lamb obviously. Um, Jalen Rager, hello. Justin Jefferson obviously. <laughs> um i mean this first round really kind of stinks um well it was the covid year which is a definitely uh interesting wrinkle in things but um uh that's all we had on chase young i want to get to last time my next thing well my next so uh i mentioned um the owners meetings the coaches spoke earlier today for you and i yesterday for the listeners it was on tuesday that the coaches spoke and on monday just to kind of go from a timeline perspective uh it was reported that lamar actually right before john harbaugh spoke um do you believe that was purposeful by the way yeah lamar jackson okay right, right. okay just make sure we're on the same page so lamar jackson's like i want to trade i want to i said i wanted to trade back on march 2nd blah 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 blah. okay cool we got this lamar um so then um every team's talking about lamar should the jets be in on lamar but like lamar you know uh, i I saw somebody refer to this as the lamarathon which i don't like because then you're changing the pronunciation of marathon his name isn't Lamar. If his name was Lamar, you can call it the Lamarathon, but you can't call it the Lamarathon. That's not a word. So just to be clear. Mm. Uh, but anyway, uh, so Ron Rivera uh, was talking about quarterback. Uh, this is a tweet from Ian Rappaport, just to read it, read it verbatim. Commander's mm-hmm. coach, Ron Rivera, discussing his quarterback, says he believes Sam Howell has many of the same <laughs> qualities of Brock Purdy. As for adding a high-money quarterback, in, in parentheses, Lamar Jackson, he says they never looked into it. I know he's a tremendous talent is the quote, but it wasn't for them. So I don't want to like aggregate the quote improperly, um, but it seems like Ron Rivera is content playing the lottery that Sam Howell is not just any good quarterback, but Brock Purdy specifically, as opposed to sniffing around the idea of Lamar Jackson. But then why wouldn't yeah. you just draft Brock Purdy? Like when when did you come to this realization? Because it clearly wasn't before then. Like when did you decide that Sam Howell and, and again the sample size that Sam Howell has played in? It's one game. You were like one game, and okay, now this guy is like the other guy who didn't lose when he was started, except to the Eagles. But like also still a small sample size and not like a great. Like, do we really know what Brock Purdy is? No, 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 way. no, not do we, at all. Do we? Do you think if, like, would you trade? I mean, Jalen Hurts is a bad example, but like, do, would if you were, I don't know, um, I'm trying to think of a fair example. If you were the Steelers, would you trade Kenny Pickett for Brock Purdy? Straight no up, no way, 
No. Right? Like, because <laughs> like because you don't have Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and George Kittle yeah. in the best defense in the NFL and Kyle Shanahan, right? Like, I'm not trying to take away from Brock Purdy, but, like, that's a big reason for his success. So, like, this idea that, like, oh, we'll just hope that he's Brock Purdy is really dumb. <laughs> um, you said on the SB Nation NFL show, um, you, you said it so confidently that you feel like you know the. I don't. First of all, I don't think Lamar's getting traded. I don't. Think, I think everyone's misreading no. this. Everyone saw the trade request and was like, "Well, he's definitely done in Baltimore." I don't think that's what's going to happen. I don't think there's the market out there for him. I don't think teams are like dying to get him. Um, I would be interested in being wrong because I think that'd be. I fun, think you. But... You have to have one desperate team, and I think that um, both Rachel and Jeremy on Monday Football Monday that you're referencing made a great point. The Colts are the desperate team. Like, the you got to have that be. team. I agree. The Colts I know. Should that's what I'm saying. Like you got to have that team, and I, I imp- like improperly read unless Founder Vera is fibbing here. I, I presume like if the Commanders traded for Lamar Jackson, I would be legit worried. You know what I mean? Like I, I would be like, okay, you know, this, this is a whoever I mean, is left standing division. You're assuming there's a new ownership, right? And that's that's the biggest reason why too. Like Lamar is not coming here under Dan Snyder. It's just not. It's literally it's just not happen. It's not. There's zero percent chance. Like, it's just not going to happen. <laughs> Why would Lamar want to come to a team with, like, awful facilities and awful ownership? And he can't be like, well, they're going to sell the team. I mean, he would need to see that. I feel like he would need to see the sale happen before he signs on board. It's not just like, oh, it's going to happen. I don't think you're just taking anyone's word for that. Because what if it didn't happen? No, I, I just don't buy that for a second that he would want to come to Washington. And it seems like they're not even... If, if the money's right, if the contract's there... but. But there are the reports, right, that Dan Snyder or the commander structured the contract so that, like, the payment happens after the sale or whatever. So, like, yeah. if there is, like, some question of the financial flexibility of the commanders, then that obviously complicates matters. But, but I think, look, whatever. This isn't an AFC North mixtape. Um, shout out to our friend Kyle Barber. But um, either way, I mean, this is such great. It, like, if this is truth, if Ron Rivera really believes this, if the plan is truly to just hope that Sam Howell is Brock Purdy, right on, dude. Right on. Yeah, I'll watch the, the Big Bang Theory with you. I'll buy you the DVDs. To be clear, the commanders should be doing everything they can do to get Lamar because, I mean, what are, like, again? What are they going to do? Like, what is the what? Is, what is the plan? What are they actually? The plan right now, at best, is to just tread water until there's a new ownership. That's really kind of what they're doing. Like Jacoby Brissett is a great quarterback if you want to kind of just like tread water. And kind of waste a year, basically, but have someone who's kind of competent and not a total disaster. Um, it does seem like a Lamar trade would be something that a new owner would want to do, right? Like come in, make this big splash, boom, we're getting. Well, Lamar. like the, the the comp is the the Walmart group that bought the Broncos last year, right? Russell, well, the Russell. I mean, like, look, it all imploded and made them look stupid, but like the hype was very real around the Broncos a year ago, right? Like after all that, like they were the talk of the NFL town, right? Like, I mean, as a result of all that, that that same mm-hmm. effect could happen here with the Commanders, presuming they traded for Lamar and then had the ownership sale. Right, but again, I still think, and it it, it is important to note that Lamar does have say in where he gets traded because he's he's on he has been the tag he's not signed his tender but he has to sign his franchise tender in order to be traded so right. like or he, if or agree to terms on a on a new deal whatever blah 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 right like, but the point is he's not under contract and he, he can't be traded against his will because he he, he right. gets to decide if he wants to sign the tender or not so he gets to pick and I just have a hard time he'd want to pick the commanders but uh if i'm wrong about that then commander stands can throw it in my face and then uh realize that they're not actually going to win anything in the playoffs so there you go 
Um, anything else I want to get to? That was a good episode today. I'm going to give the wow. NFC East mixtape uh, MVP to me. We can't give out a, an MVP. Like, it's got to be something to do with, like, a tape. You know what I mean? Like, actually, um, I got into this. Well, so you can people. do it on Monday Football Monday. That's definitely no, 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 but like, an MVP. I, no, but I'm, I'm fine with calling it an MVP, like, or, or giving away something. But we can't call it an MVP. We can't just straight up. Like, it has to be something that, like, a makes sense. Player. with The golden cassette player. <laughs> Um, did you know this? I, I did not learn this until I was like maybe 20 years old. Um, that apparently there used to be this machine that existed to only rewind VHS tapes. Did you know this? Yeah. It was called like a rewinder. Yeah. I, I refuse I remember, to believe that this is real. Like who who would do, think do this? Movie like, places were doing movie rental places. No, I, were doing. I'm super like that makes sense to me that like a blockbuster would have had like a machine. You yeah. put it in and you press rewind and it just doesn't. You put it back on the shelf. But like mm-hmm. apparently people had these in their homes, and it was apparently a separate device from the VCR. So you got what I'm saying? So like some, so like you mean to tell me that somebody at some point in time in their home put a VHS in the VCR, let it play, and was like, oh crap, no, somebody didn't rewind this last time that they watched it. Took it out, put it in the other device, rewound <laughs> it, took it out of the rewounder, and then put it in the VCR to play and watch the movie. That's so inefficient. Why would you not just rewind it within the VCR? It's annoying to rewind stuff. It was pretty annoying because you'd have to like. I, mean, I know, but like, look at the screen. It's, but, like, it's ten times more annoying to to do it on a separate device. That's what, like who had this? Like why did this exist? Hmm. I don't know. That's such a wow. I can't like that's I can't believe that is like our lifetime. That's that's just so forever ago. I remember going to West Coast video and getting like video games and getting movies and uh VHS tapes and like having to uh, rewind it or else they would like I like charge you a dollar. Like they would they would like yeah. charge a fee or whatever. Uh man, just like what a different time. Crazy. Um sort of along those lines maybe maybe like kids are still able to do this maybe people are able to still do this but like i remember like a time where like you mentioned like renting a video game where like you would do that on like a friday and you would beat it you know what i mean like, yeah, <laughs> like you, you would actually beat it like beat it before yeah that, like monday that's crazy to me like i now it takes me so long to like it takes me like months to beat a game and it's like i did this in like two days you know what i mean like i mean it's just that's some, a wild some thing. games were perfect for that though some games like were meant to be rented in terms of their like their play time mm. and beating them you know, we're not talking about like Skyrim here. We're talking about I don't know, like some I don't even right. know of a good example, but like you know, a game that is is beatable in that amount of time, um, two or three days. What it? What actually? Let's let's leave this up to the listeners. What should be the name of the award that we hand out every episode? So like, what what is <laughs> akin to the? What what is akin to the NFC East mixtape MVP? We don't want to call it the MVP. That's way too chalk. What should we call it? um what is i don't want to give it to just anyway? us i want to give it to like yeah, yeah, yeah. uh and if like we can give it to someone in the division you know we can give it to like players or coaches or whatever. this week or it goes whatever related. it's called the inaugural one goes to chase Rulier. no i give it to me it's going to me sorry <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to give it to us i give it to me um i mean wow. every week is what i'm saying not every week wow. like you guys do on monday football monday Sometimes uh, things are bigger than ourselves, except in this case when I am the biggest one and I get the first award. And well, you're uh, six foot five. You, that's pretty big. Um, question but, for you: uh, When are we gonna? Well, you can see that it's not true. Actually, when we do an in-person mixtape, we really need to start making this happen. We need to do an in-person mixtape. Uh, we have to figure it out. I don't know when, but we have to talk about it because we have to do it. And off-season um, one might make the most sense because it's hard. In-season's hard. 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, so. We're gonna ask a lot of the listeners. Uh, first, we're gonna ask to name the award. Um, maybe it is the Golden Rewinder. I kind of, I'm kind of partial to that myself at this point, like after my little spiel. Um, but um, the other thing is, um, everybody should tweet at Michael Kist NFL and say we want a live. You can say it in your own words, but we want a live NFC East mixtape. Kist the is the more boss. Tweets that he gets, the more likely it's gonna happen. Like that's yeah, the, the, right. I mean, like the more we need the ground support, we need the groundswell of support. Uh, the more tweets that happen, the more it's harder to ignore. At Michael Kissed NFL, um, and tell him that you want a live NFC East mixtape, and he will figure it out. I have full confidence in him. Wow, got to get it done. I feel like it's been it's time. We're overdue. We're overdue for it because we've had. We've had emergency NFC's mixtapes. We've had a lot of different. It's time. The live one is its own thing. And I feel like it's really time to get it going. Congratulations on the Golden Rewinder, uh, Brandon. Uh, big time deal. Oh, I have a, a survivor question for you. If we're all right, maybe spoiling something for people. Well, like, we'll if you don't want if... to be spoiled for season 44 of Survivor, I am taking more time to let you exit the podcast now. Okay, they're gone. Okay. What is it? Um, uh, Carolyn on the yes. Purple Tribe. Do yes. you believe that the idol she has is real or fake? The idol that she found in right. the she, birdcage. She found the birdcage idol, or she found the key, she unlocked the birdcage idol, whatever. But remember, I don't know if you remember, um, so everyone who has unlocked the birdcage has gotten a real idol and a fake idol. Mm-hmm. And one of them has beads, one of them has a coin. The first mm-hmm. one we saw, the real one was the non-coin. But then Carolyn, when she was talking about it, held up the coin and said, I got a real idol. So my concern is that Carolyn mistook the two idols for one another. She got both things, though. She got two things. But then she planted the fake one. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So like, my, my concern for her is that she you know, mixed them up. The and re- she's the real one? Yeah, you get what I'm saying? And she's holding on. I don't think that's true the- because I think – the survivor Chiron for the person voted out last was fake idol in like their little, you know, what they have, you know what I mean? They show like what people have like, Oh, one like day, lower two third. Idols or one idol. yeah, the lower yeah. third is what I'm going. Yeah. I think that, so, I mean, that said fake idol, but you understand and, where my concerns coming from, right? Well, you know that every person who found something, it was a different extra decoy, right? It was like all the decoys were not the same. They found a real idol, and then the decoy idol was something different each time, I think, in okay. part, so then it's not very obvious that it's all fake, right? It's all like, oh, right. Little, so that oh, like, like so, Car- yeah. so Carolyn can be like, here's mine, and it's got the coin, and then somebody's like, well, wait a minute, like the, the coin was fake right. for me. Oh, and you know I have I mean? a coin like, too. Yeah, yeah. Right, so, right, right, yes. right. Okay. I think that was all differentiated. Um, that's that's the like theory that my wife and I ultimately landed on, but I still wanted mm. to kind of bounce it around back and forth with you. Do you have a, do you have a survivor question for me? No, good season. Um, really excited. How do you feel about Carolyn? Do you like her? Thumbs up or thumbs down? I feel like you super might super like entertaining. Her. Super entertaining. She is incredibly authentic. Love it. She is so her. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's I think that's something that people should at least, even if they don't necessarily like prefer it or like it, I think you have to respect it. Um, mm-hmm. we'll talk about that with Nick Sirianni sometimes and other people, whatever. <laughs> Uh, but I'm saying like just made me someone... like her less. Um, <laughs> but you get what I will I'm saying. freak out if she that has like a aside, pen in her hair. That point aside, um, I, I I just don't like the people who hate her. Um, I get that she's not everyone's cup of tea. But at the very least, you have to, I don't, like I just if you're saying it's a put on, it's not like it's clearly not a. This is who she, 
That is who she is. And if you don't like that, that's up to you. I'm not saying you should have to like it, but I'm saying you cannot question that is like authentically her. That is very much her. My last thing, and then we can get out of here. Um, kind of a general survivor point. Uh, there are a lot of contestants on this season that have like prepped for the show. I have no problems yeah. if you want to prep, you want to do some like mind puzzles, you know what I mean? Like you want to work on things like, you mind know, puzzles, to kind of yeah. rack yourself and get ready. Um, I'm like props. You got to come up with some new puzzles. You, mm. you know what I mean? Like you, you can't just be trotting these same puzzles out to where like, you know, people can 3D print and like go to Home Depot and get the like necessary like plywood to make yeah. the puzzles and challenges in their backyard. Like that that's not fair. I mean, I understand that everybody technically has the accessibility to do that, but like you you like no, you can't do that. You, you, <laughs> yeah. Well, like not I everyone mean, has a, a 3D printer. Sense. Okay, well, but like everyone does could like what the um mm. I forget his name, but uh, that went to Home Depot and he said he built the thing in his backyard or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um like not everyone uh, has a yard. Like, bound, the, the, yeah, that's true too. That's a good point. So my point is like you gotta come up with some new challenges. You know what I mean? Like some new physical that like, can be the same in spirit and in theme. You know what I mean? Like you wanna have them balance things or hold things or put things together, whatever. I'm fine with all of that. The general theme of the game has to remain the same, but you cannot literally trot out the same exact puzzles now you're muddying the competition i don't really feel strongly about it personally but i get the criticisms and it's not just on jeff you know there's obviously some of that might be uh budget stuff and like, jeff's our competitor yeah. now man he's a podcaster now so i mean <laughs> this, this podcast is good people should check it out if they haven't already i, I enjoy the peak behind it's different you know it's it, I'm, I'm glad it's not just trying to be like another you know rhap podcast which by the way maybe i can send you the audio of that i have the audio of the uh interview that i did with uh rob back in the day with my good friend james seltzer uh for bgn radio so i don't know if you'd actually be interested in listening but i can send it to you and you can check it out it's kind of fun really good interview and also um just to speak to how cool of a dude that rob sesternino is we had such a long talk with him before and after we recorded like we were just like we're just i think we talked for almost like an hour before and after not recorded at all and just just really good dude for him to take the time out uh, so check out Rob as a podcast and he is a patron. If you like survivor and you, and you're looking to get into survivor, I mean, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you should definitely check out his stuff and, uh, and help support him. Cause he's a, he's a good dude by all accounts and he produces great content. I hope you enjoy opening day, Brandon. I hope you have T-G-I-F. a broad T G I F baby. Happy Friday. Uh, let's leave after you tell us. I, that was my sign off. Ran- I already signed off. No, no, Happy no two, Friday. two random words. Two random words, go. Happy Friday.